Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Bryce Diamond, doing a solo pod this morning on a really a glorious morning uh, from my own personal perspective. It uh, has been a long time coming for this moment. Uh, hope you all are well. Uh, thanks for all the support uh, you gave to Evelyn in her rookie debut. She was quite nervous for the world to listen to her. I think there was about 30 listeners, which was a lot of fun for her to, to see the count go up and, and just, uh, yeah, receive some encouragement from, from different people. But this morning, this is, this is going to be an interesting pod. We'll see where it goes. Number one, I'm by myself, so you never know what might come out of my voice. I'm often a little more negative when uh, I'm not with Zaya or somebody else. So we'll see what happens. But I am celebrating this morning. I don't know if you are. A lot of NBA fans who were on Twitter last night, a lot of my friends who are NBA fans in different cities around Canada and the U.S. were cheering. And it felt like the fall of an empire. It felt like, uh, you know, watching WWE as a kid when your greatest villain got knocked off. It kind of felt like in the Marvel Universe, in Endgame, when Thanos finally gets defeated. LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen, has been eliminated from the playoffs. And for the first time in this man's career, he has been knocked out in the first round when he's made the playoffs. Now, before I get into the game, before I get into knocking LeBron, um, possibly slandering him as well, possibly, let me just take a moment to give respect to the king. He is a fallen king now, but he'll always be a king. That's just what it is. He will be a Hall of Famer. He will go down as one of the top two, possibly top three. In, in my list right now, he's, he's top three. But I'll say top two players of all time. He has reinvented his game twice. Uh, once when he returned to Cleveland and then again when he came back. Sorry, when he came to L.A. This man has been in the playoffs 15 out of his 18 seasons. Remarkable. Remarkable. I mean, we talk about certain teams making the playoffs a number of times in a row. You know, we, Zion and I were talking about the Raptors having made seven straight playoffs. And I really believe they would have been eight straight had we had been in Toronto this year. 
uh, you know, the San Antonio Spurs had a run of like 19 or 20 seasons. Um, but LeBron James, an Iron Man of sorts, we can talk about how he, he went in chill mode many seasons. But even in the chill mode, his, still, his teams were still making the playoffs. Especially those early years, his third season, his team made the playoffs. Um, heck, his second season in the playoffs is his fourth season overall. He went to the finals, carried his Cavs team against one of the most legendary quarters that I've ever witnessed, ever witnessed and I think the basketball world would agree, uh, in that fourth quarter against the Detroit Pistons. He scored like 28 of 32 points. So as much as I am happy this morning, that LeBron James has been ousted. The King's crown has been snatched. I need to reflect on, I think it's good for all of us to pay homage to a guy who is, is like I said, top two, top three of all time. And some of the things he has done in his career like going to the playoffs 15 out of 18 years, are just incredible. They truly are remarkable. What he has done for the league is what Kyle Lowry did for the Raptors. When you take it to that league level, that all-time level, it's just insane. And we'll look back. You know, it's like soccer fans with Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. We'll look back. And it won't, we won't care so much that Ronaldo postured and, and, you know, was on more cologne commercials than, you know, he actually played football. Uh, We will look back at Messi and Ronaldo being two of the top five, maybe 10 players of all time. Uh, Just absolute studs, absolute greats in their sports. And LeBron James is in that. And as much as I've had beef with LeBron um, in the last, say, five seasons, the man's career is, is nothing short of elite. Nothing short of legendary. And, you know, I remember... I. I I remember watching uh, him in his early career before he went to Cleveland. Uh, sorry, before he went to Miami. And I wouldn't call myself a LeBron fan ever, but I had a lot of respect and I'd actually enjoy watching him play. Uh, even when they lost to the Celtics, and I'm a massive Kevin Garnett fan, although I didn't appreciate his comments this past week about Kyrie. Uh I'm a massive KG fan and I found myself, you know, cheering on the side for, for LeBron in some of those games, uh, because he, how well he played, how, how well he led his team, how, how much he, he put out for his city. Uh, the Miami years certainly, uh, were years where he definitely became a villain uh, 2016 was a special season. Actually, 2015 and 2016 were special seasons. And I was cheering for LeBron 
in the finals of both years. I, I wasn't a big fan of Draymond Green. At the time, I wasn't a great fan of, of Steph Curry. Uh, I, I you know, have way more respect for Steph Curry now. But you know, when he comes back to Cleveland, Kyrie and, and Kevin Love were, were not in the same category as Kyrie is now. And, and Kevin Love's career really did peak in Minnesota. He played, uh, you know, secondary roles in Cleveland, similar to, to what Chris Bosh did um, first in Toronto and then in Miami. Um, you know, he, he played complementary roles. Um, but when LeBron took that team to the finals, the 2015 team, and Le- uh Kevin Love and Kyrie get injured. Uh, you know, LeBron literally put Matthew Dellavedova on his back so that Dellavedova could shoot over Golden State Warrior defenders. Um, the numbers that he put up in that series were about as good as anyone has done in a finals, especially knowing the team that was around them with the injuries that they experienced. Uh, the 2016 team, they were down 3-1 to one against the greatest regular season team, at least record-wise, in the Golden State Warriors. 73-9 and nine Warriors were up 3-1. Now, Steph's ankle wasn't 100%. There was a, a bit of a bogus suspension, I believe, in Game 5 with Draymond. But overall, what LeBron... And at that point, Kyrie starting to get into his prime. What they did in that series was incredible, and I was cheering for them. But then, you know, 2017 came, and as much as I was down for the King for years, about 10 of them, I kind of lost love and lost some respect for LeBron starting in 2017. Was it because... He absolutely humiliated the Toronto Raptors in the 2017 playoffs. Probably that has something to do with it. In the next season, 2018, they also swept the Toronto Raptors. And we really lost that series after game one. We had that game. We threw it away. I still have nightmares about JV missing what felt like 15 layups in the last 10 seconds of the game. Uh, But there's more. It's not just, it's not just that LeBron humiliated the Raptors with back-to-back sweeps in the playoffs. It's also the posturing, the flexing, the flopping. And I think the flopping is probably the worst. Um, But it's also in the bubble when LeBron tried to take over the conversation about whether they should continue to play in the bubble because of the shooting of Jacob Blake um, and other things that came up. There was a lot of kind of internal, within the players, internal conflict, and LeBron was kind of at the center of things. Um, He wanted, he felt like he was, you know, the wisest, most knowledgeable guy. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that he didn't, doesn't have a lot of respect and credit and, 
and credibility as, and seniority within the league. Uh, but there's a difference between leading uh, through bully ball and leading through um, empowerment. And especially in a, in a player empowerment era like we're in, you've got to do well to lead uh, a, a bunch of uh, very strong-minded, um, well-spoken, crafty, wise individuals. And when Chris Paul's on the player, uh, the president of the Players Association, uh, LeBron, you don't get to be the loudest voice in the room, and not everyone's going to bow down to you. This is not again Matthew De La Vidova or Kyle Korver, um, who you're speaking to. Um, these are these are big-time guys who are are fantastic leaders and are leading in ways that you're not. And so I, you know, I, I lost a lot of respect for LeBron with those types of things. Obviously his off court stuff in respect to the work that he does with his charter school, um, within the Cleveland area. I mean, I, I remember going to Cleveland about a decade ago and then going to Cleveland, uh, two, three years ago, four years ago on a couple road trips and the city of Cleveland changed because LeBron James returned to Cleveland. And I can't stress that enough. I know people will, will be like, well, the timing and gentrification of cities and there's all kinds of sociological uh, data that they probably have. LeBron James brought in business and money and gave an excellence to that city, gave a spotlight to Cleveland that people who are in sociology, uh, you know, in, in sociological research probably don't think about, probably didn't tell too many stories about that. And if there are, please let me know, because I'd love to read about that. So I'm not talking about what he does off the court. I'm not talking about, you know, the first 12, 13 seasons. It's more at the end here. And when you watch the game last night, I'll get to the game here. When you watch the game last night, there was something that was very obvious about the game and specifically about LeBron James. LeBron James is 36 years old. And in the last two seasons, you see it with injuries, but you also see it with his game. He's just not the LeBron James of even 2018. The difference in his body, his ability... Physically, in the last two years, has changed quite dramatically. And I mean, obviously, you can go back to, you know, the 2011-2012 season. You can go back to the 2007 season. And you can see a different LeBron James. But these these last two, three seasons, um, his body is not able to do what it did even three years ago in that 2018 season. A huge reason why LeBron and the Lakers had a chance to win it all and really dominated the bubble, uh, to be perfectly honest. I know that I've made comments and others have about Bam Adebayo being injured uh, and Dragic being injured in the finals last year. And certainly that takes away the competitiveness. And Jimmy Butler, nothing to take away from Jimmy Butler last year or Tyler here and what they did. But the Lakers were going to win that series, no matter who is in that series. And if Bam and Dragic playing in that are playing in that series, uh, 
the Lakers might win in five because they would have taken it more seriously. I don't. I think they took their time against Butler and and took their foot off uh, the 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 pedal. Um, and but partly why they were able to dominate that playoffs was because LeBron and AD had four months off before the bubble. And even in the bubble in the regular season, they didn't play particularly well until the playoffs. They were they weren't on chill mode, but they were they were working some some kinks out. They were they were developing some plays, some schemes. They were getting themselves geared up for the playoffs. And that really benefited the LeBron and AD to have that time off. But 2019 injury, 2021 injured. And you look at the difference between that 2019 and 2021 season versus the 2018 season. Um, and you just see the difference. It would have been very interesting if the pandemic hadn't have hit what would have happened in that playoffs. I mean, a lot of, as a Raptors fan, a lot of people talk about, well, Siakam was a top 15, top 20 guy. He would have played better than Jason Tatum in the playoffs last year had a, a pandemic not hit. But what it would have been really interesting is what would the Lakers have been like? Uh, what would LeBron James have done if he didn't have four months off before the bubble? It would, I, I think it would have been really interesting um, because he wouldn't have had the same rest and preparation that he did um, last year in the bubble. Um, so that, I mean, that's fascinating to, to talk about. And nothing to take away from, from him and how dominant he and the Lakers were last year. But watching him last night, you just knew. You just felt could see clearly that he was not in that same zone. And probably the ankle injury was bugging him, but that's what happens when you get older. Heck, I played four and a half hours of basketball over the course of three days with my daughter, just shooting around. And my 43-year-old body needed a day off. <laughs> uh so I can only imagine what 36-year-old LeBron James's body is saying when he has an ankle injury. Um, and you're more likely to get injured, you know, um, at that stage too, because you're trying to compete at that same level against guys who are five, six, ten years younger than you. I mean, Devin Booker last night is what, 26 years old, 27 years old? And he's at the prime of his game, the peak. And he was lethal last night. And in that second half, there was a few little runs that the Lakers made. LeBron committed he, he was putting the team on his back and and nothing he just they got to within 13 they got to within 11 maybe they could get 10 and then nothing and and the real the the the, the final moment the final picture is they get the game down to 11 for i think the third time in the second half and there's about seven, seven and a half minutes to go. And LeBron has played 39 minutes at this stage, I believe. Could have been 36. 36 minutes at this stage. Seven and a half minutes to go. He's played 36 minutes at 36 years old. And he looks over at the bench 
and he and he calls for a sub. He sat off for about a minute and a half, and then he came back. But in that time, because AD was also injured, never should have played. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, but because of that minute and a half, the game goes from 11 points to, I think, 17 or 18 points. That was it. But you could just tell he didn't have the juice that he had in years past. And Devin Booker did. Devin Booker, I think, played 45 minutes last night. And you could tell he was slowing down, but he was still sharp in his mind. And they they were they were out in front. They knew they didn't have to uh, play as much, play as hard as, as they had because they had done the work at the front end. And uh, that was impressive. Big kudos, big congratulations to the Phoenix Suns. But the king is, the king has been knocked from his throne. After 18 years, LeBron James has been eliminated from the first round. And I'm going to say what Zaya said to me the other day, and maybe others have said it, but I remember Zaya saying it to me the other day off air. Uh, the LeBron James era is over. LeBron James will not get to the finals next year unless he and AD take the first 30 games off and they're able to get someone like Kyle Lowry <laughs> in the offseason. The LeBron James era is over. And I think that's really good. You know, I think it was really good for the league in 99 when, when Michael Jordan left. I think it was. I think it was time. Um, would it have been, you know, are there interesting conversations around nine, the, se- the 99 season when there was the strike year? Um, could, could the Lake, sorry, could the, the Bulls have won that series, uh, sort of won that playoff, sorry. Um, probably, probably they would have, um, in 2000 when Shaq and Kobe win their first, if Pippen and Jordan still had been together, could they have won? Maybe, maybe they could have made a run, but I think it was time. It was good for the league when he left and I, and it's good for the league now. I mean, look what we see now. We see this rise in, in players like Luka Doncic. We see players who uh, are on the rise, like Devin Booker. Um, we're seeing cities. Phoenix is back. Dallas is back. Freaking Atlanta is back. And I would say this Atlanta team is actually more equipped to go deeper in the playoffs than that 2015 Atlanta team. And they're built for for the next three, four seasons, maybe more uh, with Collins and Capella Bogdanovich. Boy, was that a big pickup. Uh, And certainly Trey Young is the centerpiece playmaker and clutch performer. Um, So yeah, the league is in good hands. LeBron has uh, been the king and people wanted to knock him off. And he did everything a leader and uh, an NBA best player should do. And that's become a villain. Even Michael became a villain to the league, right? Um, and, he, and he's done that well. And I think it's time for him to take a, an extended offseason and, and really begin to think about what does it look like to empower his teammates? What does it look like to actually give his coach, the room to coach well. 
because Vogel hasn't. Vogel really hasn't. And in fact, if I'm Vogel, I step down and let Phil Handy take my job because I think LeBron probably respects Phil Handy more than he does uh, Frank Vogel. Uh, but that's another story. But this is a good day. It's a good day for LeBron James to come to reality with his body. It's a good day for the league, for the stars and other cities to have a chance to showcase. Um, I'm rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks to knock off Brooklyn, and then we can get rid of all the coastal elites. But the king has been knocked down. The crown has been snatched, and somebody else gets to wear that championship belt. And it's going to be great. Um, and I hope it's a team like Utah. Um, I hope it's a team like Milwaukee. I hope it's a team like Phoenix or Atlanta who haven't won championships or haven't won in a long time. Um, exciting. I know the Nets haven't won either, but I don't want them to win it. This Bucks nets series, just on a tangent, I think is probably going to be the best series of the playoffs. I think these are probably the best two teams uh, in, in the league right now. Um, and as much as people have said the West has been so dominant, the last three seasons, the East has actually been, be- been better. Um, and we would have seen that had we not had the bubble last year. But the East, the last three years, has been the better conference. Just saying. And that's a hot take. And maybe we'll, we'll Zai and I will debate that or discuss that um, again in another podcast in the summer. But uh, this is a great feeling, everybody. There is going to be a new champ. There, we will not have to deal with La La Land. I, I think the Clippers are probably done too. But even if the Clippers win, they haven't won a championship. Uh, they haven't even been to the finals. So that's a good, a good feeling. All right, everybody, you've heard me enough. You're probably desperate to hear my daughter again. Um, she's itching to get on a podcast with Zaya, her uncle. Uh, just the two of them forget daddy. Uh, we also have a couple uh, podcasts coming up um, on on Pride, th- this month in Pride. And uh, we have a podcast that will happen sometime around the draft. It'll either be post-lottery pick uh, when we find out what our draft pick will be, or it will be the draft itself. Um, but lots going on. And do yourself a favor as I've said before, as I has mentioned, watch the WNBA. Kia Nurse hit an electric buzzer beater the other night to win the game from just inside half. Um, UNESCO from the New York Liberty is fun to watch. Sue Bird is an absolute legend. Uh, but so is um, Stewart, who's on, the, who's on the storm. I believe her name's... Brittany Stewart. Uh, there are so many great WNBA players, and um, it is it is good quality basketball. So just another plug for the WNBA. Anyways, y'all, thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch up to you later. Uh, cheer on Luca and company tonight, and uh, we'll be back on the pod sometime next week. Peace. Don't talk to us. Don't talk to us.